And we're back again, another episode of the WNL Show mini podcast series ahead of the new season. Delighted to be joined today by Pimel United midfielder, Neve Farley. Neve, thanks for coming along. No problem, thanks for having me. You're back training now, we're only a couple of weeks away from the season. You looking forward to getting back on? Yeah, definitely. It's been a long time coming at this stage. Obviously, the whole coronavirus stopped the start of the season uh, earlier in the year. So it's great to be back training, but it's just we're just buzzing now to actually start playing competitive games. So, yeah, can't wait. You won the first teams back, especially because we originally thought the Champions League was going to be a lot earlier than it is now. Like You, you just went through all the, the mad protocols where there was no, no contact or nothing during training. That must have been a weird one to come back to. Yeah, it was. It was very weird, but like obviously, training not contact is odd enough. But look, like we were just just all so happy to be back at that stage. Even just like the social aspect of it, meeting people, because obviously we were in lockdown for so long. So we knew then, obviously, it would get better as as the time went on. We'd be able to introduce contact. So it was strange, but it, it was grand. We were we were just delighted in general just to be back. And obviously, since you've got the contact football back in, you've been able to play a couple of friendlies as well. That must be nice, just getting the, the boots back on the ground and actually getting into a bit of a, a match rather than just training situations. Yeah, definitely. Just working on match fitness and stuff like that. It's hard to replicate it in, in training. Yeah, the few friendlies have definitely helped in pre-season. Talk to me a little bit about the P-Mount squad. You'd have learned a lot from last year, winning the league. It must have been a big burden off the shoulders because you've come close a couple of times. Yeah, we came very close a few times. I think it was two years down in Wexford when we had, I mean, three years ago now. The playoff for the league, obviously, that was probably the the most heartbreaking one, to be honest, because we got so close. And then obviously signing the likes of Claire Walsh, Karen and Anya then from UCD and our DLR. And that kind of boosted us up a bit. But then we, we came close last year, or the year before last, winning it last year. was just It was just a relief out, like you said, because we were waiting for it for so long. I remember when you were only 16, Patrick used to talk very highly of you to me every time I spoke to him. T-Mount was, was very good to me because obviously we had the, the chance to... Um, to move up into the National League squad and I think the timing of the fact that like the squad was kind of only rebuilding at that stage it was easier for us to, to kind of break into the squad whereas in if we were um, if, if like for the young ones now it's so hard because there's so much there's so much talent there not that there wasn't back then but you know we were kind of rebuilding from when people left and stuff like that so we had a good I had a good opportunity and the girls with me like Lauren Callahan and stuff and Isha McAleon just to, to actually get into the National League squad like it's 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 mad that you say that. Like I remember, I remember that that the whole season, this, the season before they they got to the uh, League Cup final when they were unlucky to lose to Rohini United, and then there was a whole host of changes, management changes, and then all of a sudden, a lot of youngsters were then em- embraced again. Like it was the second season after a lot of players had gone to UCD Waves, so like yeah. you sort of had no pressure on you when you come in at that stage because. A lot of people just expected, I hate to say it, I don't want me to disrespect, but a lot of people just expected that uh, it'll be an easier game against P-Mount at that stage because they're all younger kids. But it gave you an opportunity to maybe develop where people weren't expecting to go every week and win every game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And of, even if because we were younger, we were less experienced. And we've had, we had a few trashes. I remember one down in Ferry Carrig Park. I think it was Halloween night. And I think we lost 8-1 or something like that. But those things, like you learn from it and it, it, builds, it builds character in the team. And, and like personally as well. So, so it was great to get the opportunity to actually... Uh, to actually break in at a young age and obviously then the game obviously the games were really tough because we were only um we were only really setting back up in P-Mount but, but yeah no it was steady and I'm happy that it worked out that way because sometimes it could be hard like if if the team was established at that stage you never know like you might not never have got in or you'd be going to a different club and this and that so uh, yeah I'm delighted that I got to stay with P-Mount and obviously break into the to the squad. 
Like I remember a stage where you missed out on an international call-up at a young age, and a lot of players would have taken it as a massive kick in the teeth because you were doing you were doing well at that stage. You were playing national league level, but I think mm-hmm. things like that sort of drove, drove drove you on. They made you more determined. And like you look at the international career you had at underage, you went on to captain your your country at underage. Obviously, they always say that there's that cliche like the setbacks like kind of make you better, but it's true. Like you can either, I suppose sink or swim and it was hard to take some of the setbacks but look it happens in football and in life and I think it pushes you on it, you make like for me personally I realised how much I wanted it at that stage and then and then it just kind of gives you the extra edge to, to push on and try and prove yourself again yeah even though they happen you're kind of it's a blessing in disguise in a way like you had a lot of good people around you in terms not even just coaches but even some of the younger players who you'd grown up with who were always encouraged as well you had a lot of good people around you at that stage yeah, yeah, definitely. I think at the time when I got dropped from the 70s, Jamie Finn was captain and she was great and all the girls were great Like at that stage. Because like, you, you build such like friendship, even though you're on the opposite teams at, at club level and you're nearly rivals, but like how many girls that you grow up with, you start from, like I think my first, my first international game was over in St. George's Park. We were doing an emerging talent programme and they brought a few, they brought a squad over from uh, to England, Dave Bell and Dave Connell and that must have been, I think I was 13 at that stage. And like the likes of Amanda McQuillan, Jamie Finn, Roman McLaughlin, all of them were on that team. And it's just been, you're nearly in squads with them since. So like friendships that you build and obviously the support that you get from from all your teammates, even though you might not have seen them in a while or you might not be with squads. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's deadly to have. I think that's one of the unique things as well about the National League is that like when, it, when, it, when, you, go, when you go off the fields, everybody's just friends to get on with you. They, they may want to kill each other on the pitch at times, but as soon as you go yeah. off the pitch, everybody's just friends. Everybody gets on with each other. And even the camaraderie you see in clubhouses between clubs is superb. You wouldn't see that sometimes in some other leagues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's probably because it's um, obviously Ireland's a small country, but women's football in general, I know it's growing now, but there's a small knit community like in between, like between all the clubs, and yeah, it's nearly like a kind of um, a GAA type attitude, you know, like where it's kind of like a community based. But um, yeah, no, it's it's deadly and it's deadly to have sports from all the girls, I suppose. Just moving on a little bit, obviously we're talking about international football. You would have been involved in an Ireland squad that would have played the last competitive game of football before this coronavirus so you sort of would have had a little bit of experience in terms of when you went away to Montenegro that like the game was played under lockdown things were starting to be a little bit unfamiliar how was that for you especially considering there was a lot of talk even before the game would the game even go ahead yeah yeah true even the Ukraine game before or the Greece game sorry um in Tala before that it was kind of just like will it go will it go ahead or will it not traveling then to to Montenegro you're kind of like are we going are we not like what's it going to be like but to be honest with you it was it was grand and you just we just got told behind it was going to be played behind closed doors but like not that we, we probably wouldn't have expected a big crowd anyway do you know what I mean personally I didn't really know I didn't really know so I didn't really feel anything different but you kind of have it in the back of your head like what's going to happen you know with the whole uh, the coronavirus you didn't think it was going to blow up I think it was when the Thursday we flew back Thursday and we arrived in Dublin all our phones start hopping once we arrived and it was it was that Thursday because every all the schools it was announced then once we arrived that all the schools were closing all the colleges were closing and stuff like that so it kind of got real just when we landed we came back I think if we got told that over there I probably would have be a bit more freakier but yeah no it all went it all went smoothly to plan and I suppose we got the three points so that was the main thing like even even things like that was you flew back on the Thursday the National League was supposed to start that Saturday like even at that stage you know as the schools start to close you hear oh there might be a short delay I don't think anybody really expected we'd have such a long delay nobody really knew it was going to blow up like this 
yeah, definitely. Like, I think we had Cork the first game. I think it was the Sunday, I think, we had Cork. And, like, obviously we heard that the colleges were closed. I, there was actually a college match for DCU there on that Thursday as well. Everything got cancelled and stuff like that. But it wasn't out there that the National League was going to be cancelled. And everyone was like, oh, maybe, maybe it will go ahead. But, yeah, it was just so unexpected that it all blew up and... I'm just glad hopefully the, the worst part of it is over now and hopefully we don't get we don't reverse and have to go back yeah absolutely I agree, I agree with you on that just talking about a little bit about college obviously you're in DCU you're on a scholarship in DCU studying sports science it's yeah. quite a bit of hands on course how, how would you adapt to going to all offline and obviously missing out on the likes of college football it's tough enough obviously like our exams were like online and then all the assignments and it's just kind of for me at college like I like to be around people like I like to I don't know, like, if I hear people saying, oh, I started this assignment, I started that assignment, like, it eggs you on when you're at home, then you're not as motivated. And I felt like a lot of it was catching up on you and stuff like that. And obviously then we were in lockdown at that stage. So I kind of, I was worried about my fitness and stuff like that. So you're obviously trying to fit in, cramming assignments in last minute, cramming exams, and then and then obviously trying to keep your fitness up as well. Uh, so it was it was tough, definitely. I'm not sure now what will happen. I think it's a, it's going to go half and half, half online, half college. But definitely the social aspect of college is is, is the best part. Like seeing your friends every day uh, is what I'd want to do rather than sit at home at a desk, like getting my lectures online. So hope, hopefully it'll change a bit for uh, for the year coming. Like you're one of these sort of people, as you say, every time you, you go to a football ground, you see Nia Farley. You're in talk to everybody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely talking to everybody and anybody. And that's the one thing I like about you, that you're not a, you, you just love whoever it is. If someone comes up to you and have a conversation with you, you'll happy there, just stand there, have a conversation with the five, ten minutes. And like yeah. that must have been the most difficult part, was it? Because obviously social media is not really the same, is it? Yeah, no, definitely not. Like we were doing oh, Zoom quizzes and this and that. But just like, even like I was saying, when we went back to P Mountain, you were saying, how was it when it was like a social distance training, non-contact training? But it was just the fact that I could, you can just have a laugh with people and like have a conversation. It's it's just not the same online, definitely not. Talk to me about, I can't, I can't not ask, because we're talking about keeping up your fitness. Yeah. Uh, getting a picture taken out there on your local run, we can't, we can't, it would be a bit remiss of us not to mention <laughs> Mick O'Shea. He does an awful yeah. lot for women's football. I thought when I seen the shot, I was like, Everywhere else is getting these done. I was like, great to see one of the women's national league players getting it done. Yeah. How did that come about with yourself and Mick? Yeah, yeah. He lives in Lucan, so uh, oh, he's he's great for for women's football for promoting it and like pictures are used everywhere um, on social media for to push the league on and it's it's great to have someone like volunteering like like yourself like just promoting the game and getting it out there because that's what it needs really. Like on social media is such a it's such a big platform to to use and to get used to out of it and for people to. Like obviously the players can only do so much. Like you need extra people and to help promote it. So uh, no, Mick O'Shea does great work. So he's great with the photos anyway. I love how you completely swerved that question. You wouldn't tell me how it, how it was how it was planned. I won't even ask again. Don't worry. <laughs> but just in terms of your own fitness, what sort of stuff are you doing during the during the break to keep fit? I know obviously you would be someone who'd be quite active. Your social media nearly used to always have you in the gym doing stuff in the gyms, and you haven't had that for months. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we just we were given obviously programs by the Ireland team with, with Vera, and then at the, I was at the very start of lockdown, so just doing like interval runs in the park and stuff like that, and explosivity type training. And then obviously, as the lockdown went on, it just went on and on and on and on. And then we got closer to maybe seeing light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose. And then we got programs from James from female. So you can't really replicate like what you're going to do in a game like on your own. So it was hard and you're like 
constantly in the back of your head are you like am I doing enough am I doing too much so it was it's mentally tough like because you just don't know do you, do you get me like if you're doing enough or whatever and then obviously you're on your own in lockdown there's no need to be getting injured like there's no need to pushing yourself too much and coming out with an injury so it was it was hard to manage but we got there so just just as long as I, I was I was ready to go when when training started back that's that was the main thing I'd say the best bit of news you got a couple of weeks ago was when they gave us the official start date of, of the weekend of the 8th and 9th of August. I'd say that was the best news you could have gotten in a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't wait now. So we're just raring to go at this stage. Like, obviously, we're saying we're playing friendlies and stuff like that, but it's not the same, really. Like, competitive game, nothing really beats it. Yeah, we're buzzing to get going. I, didn't want to, I can't go and mention P-Mount and not mention one player who's come back to them this season. I love how the, how the whole announcement was done. It was done completely under the radar that Steph Roach had returned to the club. Like, it was no big fancy press release or, or it was just all of a sudden Rock go played a friendly and all of a sudden rumours started to come out like such a low key signing it was it was great to see her return back to the club especially after the success she had with the goal and obviously getting the, the move abroad she's come back and I'd say she's added a lot to the club has she? Yeah definitely and like you said it was under the, it was kind of under the radar but Steph's like that she yeah, she's so down to earth and yeah it's del- we're delighted to have her back she's top players to have back in the squad and obviously we have so much choice now for for James to, to think about what, who's playing here and who's playing where. But it's good in training. It's much more competitive because like, everyone's fighting for their place. But yeah, definitely to have Steph back is, is a huge asset to the team. Just for the listeners out there, um, it would be a bit, dis- bit disrespectful of us if we didn't mention some of the other players. Obviously, who's come back. You've got the likes of Sarah McKeva, Alana McAvoy has joined back as well. So all in all, the competition on the Piedmont side has gone up an awful lot this year. Yeah, it's huge. Like, you know, some, some years, if you look back, few years ago you may have like you're starting 11 and you might have like three or four subs that that were or maybe two or three subs that were um that were gonna come on but like now you look at the team and you're just like who are you gonna start you could like we play I think we have a squad of 25 and we play um we play friendly sometimes like in-house matches 11 v 11 and they're probably the best friendlies that we're getting because everyone's fighting for their place everyone's top quality players so just all I say is I'm glad I'm not James O'Callaghan anyway because I wouldn't be able to pick 11. About you, one thing everybody always says about you, and I know you're going to tell me you don't want to do this, but is there going to be a day that Neil Farley is going back to a centre-back? Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I know everyone's, it's kind of a cliche thing, I'll play anywhere, but to be honest, like, I would play, like, I don't mind playing centre-back wherever a manager wants me, I'll play. Obviously, I love playing midfield and stuff like that, I love buzzing about, but anywhere, I don't care. Like, at this stage, even, like, with the P-Mount team, it's so competitive to get in, even to get into a centre-back position. Like, you have the likes of Claire Walsh, Louise Corrigan, Neve Barnes, who's been, I think, unbelievable this pre-season, so it'll, it's, it'll be hard no matter where I'm playing, but, yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't rule it out anyway, that, just saying that. I love how you changed the attitude. I remember talking to you in awards, do not last year, the year before, and you were like, no, I'm a midfielder, I'm a midfielder myself. Last <laughs> week you were like, Maz is like, no, she's a centre-back. I love how you're, you're slowly coming around to the idea, but I get, I still get it from you that you'd still yeah. be in the centre of the middle, middle of the park, up and down the pitch. Like, I take it, the one thing that, I, and everybody would say this, that, we're just glad we have football coming this year and hopefully everything stays safe. Numbers of the cases keep continuing to stay even where they are now or come back down. Everybody just wants football, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just, even I was talking to um, Barbara Ryan Doyle, our, our kid woman there yesterday, and she was just saying, we were talking about uh, like parents trying to get into matches and sneaking in here and trying to, trying to watch. Like, like just, just take a step back and just be like, look, it's good that football's back. Don't take it another step far for us to come 
to take another step back do you know that kind of way everyone's just delighted for us to be back even if it is behind closed doors or whatever the minimum capacity just be grateful like that it is back yeah absolutely I agree, I agree with that that's one thing that we all just want we want football back we want football back safe but obviously on the pitch as well winning the league last year comes with a big price Champions League round robin stage did you ever fear that maybe you wouldn't get Champions League this year because of what was going on at, w- at one stage yeah like when we're in proper lockdown and people were like oh like nothing was moving you weren't allowed to go two kilometres from your house and you're like you're looking at the you're looking at the calendar and you're saying oh Jesus like we're meant to be we're meant to be playing Champions League in August like is it going to happen is it not but after a while then obviously things got picked back up and football started back and we were obviously just waiting on a day and we had a feeling there was rumours going around that would be pushed back to a, to a later date. And like, to be honest, I don't care whenever, just as long as we, we, we get to play it, that was the main thing. But yeah, no, I'm delighted now that, that the date's secured and hopefully um, we get a good draw and uh, things go well for us. Just for the listeners, uh, this 2019-20 Champions League is actually going to be completed next month. I think a lot of the games are going to be on BT. They're going to be shown on television, which is great for the women's game. Then the qualifiers for the 2021 competition kick off in October. They still will have the round-robin phase. So you will get three games in Europe. You'll get an opportunity to impress Neve. Just talk to me a little bit about the Champions League in terms of it's not an easy thing to finance. Clubs have to do a lot of different things to finance. Piedmont at the moment are running football camps. Talk to me a little bit about them and how they came about and how they're helping the fundraising process. Obviously, it's cost a lot of money for an amateur club like to to fly like over. We don't obviously we don't know where the draw is, but like where we're going to be uh, located. But to fly over to the other side of Europe to um to, to play a tournament and obviously like house us up and stuff like that. There's so much expense that's involved in it. So we are just thinking of fundraising ideas and stuff like that, and we're thinking. I don't know, I think it was Elna Ryan. Elna Ryan Doyle is organising it and we were just thinking, let's just organise a camp because like, obviously you can, it's one year fundraising for, for the team. It's gone, to a, it's gone to a good cause and then obviously like you're giving back to the club, you're giving back to the younger players who, who, who love seeing us and would like love getting coached by us and stuff like that. And not even from, just from female, but there's, there's kids from all, out, from all different clubs up there uh, this week. So it's great. It's a great fundraiser to, to fund our Champions League and then obviously all us girls are doing a voluntary voluntary work like to to coaching but like it's not really voluntary because the money's going back into us. so yeah it's a great idea and it's it's running well so far and obviously a few camps have been cut off because of the whole coronavirus so I think the kids are just buzzing to to get back out and playing football like ourselves and I take you've got big numbers as well for yeah I think uh, there's about 95 kids up there this week wow. um so yeah it's hands-on but and like Obviously, it's a bit a different setting with the hand sanitizing and keeping them socially distanced and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's it's gone well and it's a great idea and it's, it's run well. So we're delighted how it's gone. And how do you find doing coaching, doing things like that, coaching kids? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind it. I like it. I like the young kids. I like, I, I take the young group. I like having six, seven, eight year olds. But yeah, no, it's great. They're great and they want to learn and they want to just have fun. But I don't know if I if I would down the line. Well, who knows? Um, go into coaching, but we'll see. But I do definitely enjoy it. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more international football before I do let you go, Neve. You had one of the most biggest honours to happen to any Irish international. It doesn't happen often. Don't get to play America often. You got to play in the Rose Bowl against America. Like that must have been superb. Yeah, that it was just unbelievable. Like even anyone I talked to, like they'd be like, if they they heard like that I played in the Rose Bowl, they're like, Jeannie Mac, like and. The amount of people, like 37,000 that was there, was, it was unreal. It kind of just happened at the spur of the moment as well, type thing. 
thing because like I remember we just we were last summer I was in Naples for the World University Games and it was actually our last night and we were out we were just out in the village with the girls and we all got emails a few of us about going to America we there was it was announced on social media before that but obviously with the with the departure of Colin Bell it was like who's the manager who's this who's that type thing but uh, when we got the email and I was like oh my god like we're going to LA so yeah and then when we got there then obviously we were training away and stuff like that and I wasn't in the starting team and I think unfortunately for Megan Conley she picked up a, a bit of an injury and then obviously I I was lucky enough to uh, to get called into the to the starting 11 so the day before obviously I was training training in the in the starting 11 and I was buzzing I was nervous but I was I was I was just buzzing what's that like when you get told that, that you're gonna play against such a big team what's it like to be told yeah you're starting were you told to keep it quiet in terms of family and friends are we allowed to let everybody know because one thing you notice is it stayed off social media until about an hour before kickoff and the themes were announced it was kind of just like like obviously things aren't set in stone and training but like when you see this shape is set out and you're kind of like I mean, we tra- it was the day actually we trained in the we trained in the Rose Bowl the day before. We got an hour an, an hour training in, and we were doing a bit of uh, defensive shape. And I was in midfield with with Nifahi. It kind of just sunk in then, like during the training, I was like, we were going like shifting side to side, moving doing a few drills, and I was just like, "Geez, am I going to be playing tomorrow now?" Like I was, it was kind of hit me. I think Amber Barrett said to me on the bus beforehand, she was like, "You know, you, you're probably going to start me," and I was just like. Your, your your heart kind of just drops you're like am I going to start and then it's in your head then I think that we did obviously the team wasn't actually officially named till the day of the game but like I remember going to bed that night and I was room with Heather Payne and I was like obviously Heather was uh, was in the starting team too and the two of us were like like are we going to start like uh, and it was it was just mad it was crazy I don't think I slept that night and definitely not the night after anyway I was the night when we did play the Rose Bowl like I was I was just on an such a high and such a buzz I got no sleep and we were up early for a flight the next morning but like it was just the best thing ever Whose jersey did you get? I got Rose Lavelle's I'd say that's been I'd say that knowing you being a, a massive footballer I'd say that's been kept up somewhere safe has it been yeah. framed yet? It hasn't and it's something that I have to do I have a, I have a few jerseys myself to, to frame and it's, it's been put on the long finger but definitely I'll I'll get I'll definitely get frames I don't think it's it's even being washed since you wore it or anything but yeah, no, it's it's upstairs uh, in a safe place. But yeah, no, it's a great memory to have. I'm just so grateful to get the opportunity to to play against, play for your country, and then play against the world champions uh, in the Rose Bowl. It was unbelievable. Absolutely, like I'm I'm lucky. I know she didn't play on the day, but I actually got Grace Maloney's jersey from that game. And it's yeah. one thing that I keep saying to myself, I must frame that every time I look at it. Like, just even to have that jersey just to say there, like, it's it's an amazing achievement, you know, to see Ireland playing against the likes of that. And it's sort of, the friendly sort of come out of the blue a little bit. They were on yeah. their celebration tour and then all of a sudden we got wind that Ireland are going over to there. And we're like, this is great. You know, it's great that we can we get these opportunities. Like, the one thing that I'd love to see in the next couple of years is that we can bring the States over here. I don't yeah. see a reason why we couldn't sell 20, 30,000 tickets if they're reasonably priced at the Aviva Stadium to watch yeah. the USA come over here. Yeah, that'd be, that, that would be unreal, definitely. Because like, they have such a big fan base. Even I know like girls over, young girls over uh, in Ireland, like they follow all the Americans because they're just so famous and they're so, um, so well-known. So definitely, yeah, that could, that could be a goer. How long until we see Nia Farley become a professional footballer? Surely, if you keep working hard, the offers have to come down the line. Yeah, that is the that is the goal. But at the minute, I'm I'm focusing on on my college work. I'm trying to get my degree before before I make a decision. Definitely, that's my that's the end goal. Well, not the end goal, but the goal. So hopefully, some things come up. I just I just 
put my head down, keep working hard, try and establish myself more in the in the international squad, and then hopefully uh, with a bit of luck, I'll uh, I'll be able to make the move. Does someone like Amber Barra have a big influence on you when it comes to things like that? We all see what Amber done. She went to Manute, got her got her degree, then went to DCU, got her masters before eventually going playing professional football. So like she's got the education behind her that because let's be honest, you're not going to make the money unfortunately to retire from football. So you need to have your your education. Yeah, definitely. Like you kind of look at the players, and sometimes I'm thinking, is it going to be too late by the time I'm done college, like and stuff like that, and everything. Like I think about this every, like every day. This comes up in my head. Like, oh, should I try and look somewhere, or should I just leave college, do the two years and go, and then do it after and stuff like that? It's it's hard to deal with, to be honest. But um, yeah, looking then when you, because you you look at players like that went over young and they're established now as a professional footballer, and you're it's in the back of your head, but. Looking at the likes of Amber Barra and also Rihanna, like who's only after going over to getting a professional contract, both have their education, so it is doable. And yeah, it's great. It's it's great having a kind of role models like that who are similar in a similar situation to you and who have gone on to uh, to get contracts and and play football every day. And um, because that's that would be the dream. There's no doubt, no doubt you have the ability if you keep working hard. Neve, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Uh, I really do appreciate your time. And thanks very much for coming along to join us today. No problem. Thanks a million for having me.